0: In March 2015, Lithuania reinstated compulsory military service in response to Russia's threatening territorial ambitions. This will give the Lithuanian army access to nearly 4,000 additional soldiers per year. For many countries, the draft is an invaluable resource to bolster a nation's military during times of war. So which countries around the world still use conscription? Well, conscription, also called a draft, is when a country requires that young, physically and mentally healthy people must enlist in the national military. Historically, most drafts only recruited men. However, some countries, like Norway, have recently introduced female conscription into the armed forces. Any conscientious objectors, or people who refuse to fight on moral, religious, or political grounds, are commonly given roles away from combat lines. Conscription is actually a very old concept, and there's evidence that in ancient Egypt and ancient China, a large number of soldiers were conscripted peasants. But in modern times, developed nations have seen a trend towards repealing draft laws, instead favoring voluntary armies. Professional volunteer armies are often more highly skilled and motivated compared to their drafted counterparts. In 1973, the United States got rid of the draft, although young men must still register with the government in case conscription is ever reinstated. Within the European Union, seven members still retain some form of conscription. These countries are not at war, and there have been recent pushes to abolish the draft. However, many people continue to vote in favor of conscription, because they feel it brings communities together and inspires nationalism. The Swiss, for example, believe that the draft unites their diverse nation, which has four distinct languages and cultures. Other countries keep the draft because they are continuously under the threat of war. Countries like Russia, South Korea, and Israel are regularly involved in violent conflicts with their neighbors. Having a large army at their disposal is a necessity during an emergency. Israel in particular, due to its isolated position in hostile territory, has one of the longest conscription periods in the developed world. Men and women are asked to serve for up to three years, and many see active service along the West Bank and other flashpoints. While no country mandates indefinite conscription, countries like Eritrea and North Korea come close. In North Korea, men and women are reportedly required to serve up to 10 years, and sometimes longer. Human rights organizations claim that widespread repression and forced labor during conscription are common. But in most countries, the chances of conscripted citizens seeing combat are slim. In Norway, although about 60,000 may be called in for preliminary screening, only 9,000 end up being drafted. Also, in most places, men and women eligible for the draft are usually able to choose between community service and national defense. More than half of the world's countries with active militaries do not maintain the draft. Conscription as a practice was much more popular in early history, but as wars have changed, the draft has slowly lost its purpose. Still, for small countries like Lithuania, it's best to have the strongest armed force possible in the face of Russian aggression. Many countries use conscription to amplify their military strength. To learn more about the most powerful militaries in the world, check out our video. In this regard, the United States is by far the most powerful army in the world. With a budget of roughly $600 billion, the U.S. spends more on its military than the next seven countries combined. China, the next biggest spender, has a military budget of about $130 billion. Thanks for watching Tube News. Make sure to like and subscribe for new videos every day.
1: Hello, welcome to the show. I'm going to be making this in two parts Only because it's just a lot And I had to look up a lot of things myself So I thought, well, maybe you might know how the U.S. military works also I did a show on YouTube called U.S. military And the tagline there, you could just search for it And in that show I discussed the fact that There are 800 known U.S. military bases around the world Excuse me, 800 bases in 80 countries Love those 8s, right? Those are known bases, okay? If you remember during the days of George W. Bush, they had all those pictures of hidden bases, Abu Ghraib, showing tortures of prisoners and whatnot. I suspect there's probably a lot of underground prisons (laughs) that the military is running. So um, what's going on is that, you know, there's military bases all over. How they get there, already talked about that. Look at the show about NATO, and what's interesting is that the U.S. military... Have you ever seen a show where a U.S. military plane goes through customs and get inspected? Have you ever seen a show... I've seen shows where they've caught flight crews, you know, like commercial flight crews, you know, the stewardesses and the pilots conspiring and getting busted carrying drugs. Never heard about that with the U.S. military. Huh, I wonder why. Maybe it's because they never get inspected? That could be part of it, right? I think that there's a lot that they can do with those military planes because who's keeping track of them, right? If you look at the show I did about Africa, when I did the show about the U.S. military bases, I was really perplexed at the time thinking, why are all these bases all around Africa? Well, (laughs) then I did the show about Africa to dig in further, and it's weird because from one end to the other, there's military bases. The other thing... We know that African base is to support the base out of Germany. But why is everybody else in Africa? I mean, the Chinese have a base in Africa. I read recently the French were like, Oh, la ve, we don't know, we don't know. We don't know why we're in Africa. No one seems to know why everybody's in Africa, okay? So, military is a little bit hard to get your hands around, if I could say, um, put it mildly. So, you know, and then also... They use movies and whatnot to recruit people. And I'll be doing a show soon about that very ugly aspect of it. So so they got these unmarked planes running around, right? So how does the military get around into areas that they're not supposed to be friends with? Like, I don't know, Iran, where they do a lot of transgender surgeries. I don't know, like China. <laughs> well, why wouldn't you just fly unmarked planes? I mean, this is not complicated stuff. So, and I also believe within these divisions, they have fake divisions, because I'm pretty sure my dad worked for a fake division, and I'll get to that in the next show uh, about the strategic air command, because it's a lot to try to get around, what are all these presences? And some of these things I've talked about in the past, but I think in general, it's a good idea to have some sort of grasp on what these people are up to. So let's talk about this, okay? You know, a lot of this military stuff is so controversial because they have allowed for for example predatory loan people to be right close to military bases. The military is not anything like what you're probably supposing that it is, okay? When you're in the military, you can make a choice to live on base or get housing for off-base living. Fortunately, I was I lived off-base except for in one 3-year period. It's probably got brainwashed during that period but I shook it loose. So anyway, so um yeah, they use a lot of ways to recruit, get get us to think that war is a good idea. Now currently that we know of, over 51% of US tax dollars go to fund the military. And as I pointed out in the Afghans show, they're probably running a lot of side gigs, okay? So getting your <clears throat> getting your arms around what they're taking in and what they're spending would be really a fool's errand. If I wanted to really make you dizzy, I would try to go there. So let's talk first about the different branches of the Army so we understand who they are. Going into this thing we have coming up ahead, not knowing who these people are, I, don't know, I think we're better off knowing who they are, okay? So pull up a chair. The U.S. Army established june 14 1775 so that would have been a year before this place was supposedly set up i think this place is the war arm for the people in switzerland why do i think that well i don't know i'm just thinking not not proving but thinking why is it that so much happens around switzerland we had the swiss they've always said they're neutral right (laughs) The, Spani- the Spain said they were neutral during the Spanish War of 1918. The U.S. claimed they were going to be neutral, what, during World War One or something? And they stayed neutral, or no, they stayed neutral the first part of World War Two. Neutrality really doesn't mean a whole lot, does it? So they have a lot wrapped up in these neutral things. So the reason I'm suspect of... Switzerland is it seems to be an area they orbit around a lot that 's all I think that at some point that was their originating arm of where they cooked up the new world order we 've got who there we've got a lot of place in Switzerland. so I still contend that this country is logically to me the war arm war excuse me these words war arm for all of these people because I used to be confused about how did the u s military get all those countries to allow them to put up bases all over there. (laughs) Well, seems pretty clear now. Is because they're all in on it, right? Okay, so established 1775. It was essential to the U.S. gaining independence because of the bravery of its soldiers during the Revolutionary War. Today, more than two centuries later, its members continue to defend and protect the country and its people. We always need protecting, right? The Army serves primarily by land and air. Kind It gets a little bit fuzzy here, okay? However, it does have a Marine presence. These sea-savvy soldiers like to be called Army Mariners. Within the branch, there are also several elite groups which receive specialized training, like the Rangers and the Night Stalkers, so they are equipped to handle unique combat situations. Then we have the Navy. Look at the show I did about the Navy with that new NATO facility. The Navy was founded October thirteenth, nineteen seventy. Excuse me, seventeen seventy-five. Why they're busy bees, right? Uh, Army June, um, Navy October. The U.S. Navy is known for protecting the country by sea. However, even though they do that and do it well. They also serve on land and in the air. Within the service, members can choose to focus on one or more than 60 career specialties, such as engineering, aviation, and medicine. A very famous elite group within the Navy is the Sea, Air, and Land Forces, better known as the SEALs, the Navy SEALs. Wasn't it the Navy SEALs that, <clears throat> excuse me, that supposedly... Um, found osama bin laden yeah they undergo some of the most physically demanding military training so they can execute the most challenging of missions their very specialized preparation consists of initial training which takes more than a year to complete followed by about 18 months of pre-deployment training ensuring seals are ready for just about any circumstances the marines were founded in 1775 That's the third branch. Although the U.S. Marine Corps is technically part of the Department of the Navy. See where it gets a little bit fuzzy here, right? It does stand alone as a separate branch of the military. It wasn't always part of the Navy, though. The Marine Corps was actually an independent service until 1834. There's other independent services here I'll be talking about. Very sketchy here, right? Independent services. At first, President Andrew Jackson wanted to organize and add it to the Army. However, after some conversations, Congress added it to the Navy, making them sister services from then on. Navy and Army are sister services, okay? The Marines are often the first on the ground in combat situations leading the charge when conflict arises. They also serve on Navy ships, protect Navy bases, and guard U.S. embassies. Then the fourth branch, we have the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard was founded in 4 August, 1790. As part of the Department of the Treasury, I'm going to guess it was to go out and grab money off the sea. <laughs> The Revenue Cutter Service and the United States Life-Saving Service were merged to become the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard, as established on January 28, 1915, shall be a military service. So officially, 1915, we have the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard protects U.S. waterways, ports, and shores, as well as acts as a first responder on our coasts. The Coast Guard is especially unique because it's not only a military branch, but also a federal law enforcement agency. Don't get caught coming from Cuba with a bunch of drugs. The Coast Guard will get you. (laughs) Though the Navy and Coast Guard are both maritime branches, they have very different missions. While the Navy maintains a war-ready fleet, The Coast Guard keeps our waterways safe by conducting search and rescue missions, protecting the marine environment, and stopping the smuggling of illicit drugs into the country. Illicit drugs of anybody other than the department... I'm just kidding. (laughs) I think... So, yeah, they stop the illicit drugs. Okay, Okay, I guess that we don't want to count the drugs that come on the shore here, like by the Sacklers. I did a couple shows about the Sackler family, family the fa- Sackler family who created the opioid epidemic here. They did all that legally. Coast Guard never got them. So, anyway, so um, in peacetime, let me see. I started joking here and I can't keep it straight. Okay, protects the marine environment, stops the smuggling of illicit drugs into the country. Um, in peacetime, it operates under the Department of Homeland Security, and in wartime, it serves under the Department of the Navy so it could assist in the defense against foreign threats. See how this starts to get really weedy here, right? Then we have the Air Force. Actually, there's seven of them. I was going by the first list I had, which was four. There's actually seven of these people. <laughs> I'll be getting back to the Air Force next. The Air Force is the um, is the Air Service branch of the United States Armed Forces. It is one of the eight U.S. uniformed services. Initially formed as a part of the United States Army on a, August 1907, the U.S. Air Force was established as a separate branch of the United Army U. S. Armed Forces on eighteenth of September nineteen forty seven with the passing of the National Security Act of nineteen forty seven. It is the second youngest branch of the US of the U.S. Armed Forces and the fourth in order precedent. The US Air Force articulates its core missions as air superiority, global integrated intelligence. Surveillance and reconnaissance, rapid global mobility, global strike, and air command and control. I think also the Air Force is up in Wash or Alaska with that Harp deal. H A A R P. I did a show about Harp. So the U.S. Air Force airily protects United States interests at home and abroad. Originally, in the early 20th century, the Air Force was created as a unit of the Army, also known as the Aeronamics Division, aeronautical division. Excuse me. It wasn't until 1947, after World War II, that the U.S. Air Force was founded as a separate branch of the military. That was when they created Strategic Air Command, also known as SAC. And that was founded by the godfather of Zach, our favorite psychopath, LeMay, Curtis LeMay. The U.S.'s favorite psychopath started all this stuff. No red flags flying on this deal. Today, there are more than 332,000 full-time active duty members of the Air Force. Aside from flying some of the fastest planes in the world, these service members work as engineers, medical professionals, Lawyers and computer scientists. Huh. Then we have the Space Force. You know, everybody's going to space. This was established just last year on December 20th, 2019. The U.S. Space Force is the newest branch of the military. Similar to how we have branches of the military to defend the country by air, land, and sea. The Space Force protects the nation in space. The Space Force's duty is to spend a lot of money and give it to Elon Musk. <laughs> I, I think the Space Force is likely a money laundering operation, but I'll get back to that with this SAC deal coming up, because SAC controls the Space Force. So, anyway, so the Space Force's duty is to develop military space capabilities. Acquire military space systems, mature the military doctrine for space power, and organize space forces to present our combatant commands, which are regionalized or functionalized military teams. This is all to protect the interests of both the U.S. and its allies in space. My favorite cartoon, I didn't watch much TV, was a show called um, The Jetsons. It was a cartoon about the Jetsons flew around in space. <laughs> I think we've been getting programmed to get ready for space for a very long time, or I don't know where all those um, shows about um, Twilight Zone shows come from. There's a lot of Twilight Zone shows about space invading Martians. They're coming to get us. So um, previously, the U.S. Air Force Space Command was responsible for these duties, but since the establishment of the Space Force last year, the command's presence, personnel are currently in the process of transferring into the new branch well i don't know that really got me going there so it looks like we got six going here okay this is where it gets really weedy and confusing so one would think the national guard right well not 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 so fast kids not so fast national guard is not part of this group though the national guard isn't typically a military branch it is a important component of the service It is a combination of the Army National Guard and the Air Force National Guard, which both serve as reserve components of their respective branches. Each state, most U.S. territories, and the District of Columbia has its own National Guard, which can be activated by both governors and the president. When they are called upon These part-time service members are ready to respond to reconstruction efforts, national disasters, and some overseas combat missions. In 2020 alone, tens of thousands of National Guard members were activated to help fight, the coronavirus, and respond to other natural disasters. You also will notice a lot of things in this country get labeled as fights or war. Let's fight this. Let's fight that. There's a war on obesity. There's a war on this. All about the language. And then we have this other fascinating group, the militia. Well, the militias are kind of an oddball group here because I ran across them, I don't know, last year or so when I was doing this stuff. We have this group called militias. And they were actually around before 1776. See where it starts to get suspect as far as who's really running this place? <laughs> I think this place was set up so it could be the war arm. and But first they wanted to define it as this great society, this great beacon of democracy across the world. So when the war arm flexes its muscle, who is going to be surprised? Well, I would venture to say everybody's going to be surprised. No one's going to see this place falling, right? They're all going to think this country is never going to go down. They've all ignored the fact that we're broke, the bridges are falling apart, we're on fiat money, the poor are living in tents, the military camp outside of VA facilities to get medical care. Nobody sees a lot of things in this country, right? Nobody sees a lot of things. But you know what? Our numbers up. And I think the reason for all of this militia is very much going to come into play very soon here so why do we have all these militias well i don't know um it was defined by the u.s congress and it's changed over time during colonial america able bodied men of a certain age were members of the militia depending on the respective states rules individual towns formed local independent militias for their own defense the year before the U.S. Constitution was ratified, the Federalist Papers detailed the Founders' paramount vision of the militia of 1787. The new Constitution empowered Congress to organize, arm, and discipline this national military force, leaving significant troll in the hands of each state government. So we're talking about Armies, right? We're talking about an internal force of armies in this country, right? Is that what you read this? It doesn't say here, but I remember it is. Uh, oh, yeah, I have it here. Wait a second. Um, so there's only in the militias, um, it's, it's today is defined by the Militia Act of 1903. That's what you want to look for Militia Act of 1903. The term militia is used to describe two classes within the United States. Organized militia, consisting of state defense forces, the National Guard, and naval militia. Second, unorganized militia, comprising the reserve militia. Every able-bodied man of at least 17 and under 45 years of age Not a member of the State Defense Forces, National Guard, or Navy militia. The unorganized militia is the one to watch for. When I first did this um, research, oh, it's been so long ago, um, what I was concerned about was this, the fact that no one has to have any weapons training to join this militia, right? And at the time, I remember that there's about 25 states here that have these militia forces, And recently, I looked up, when I was talking about a year or two ago, I thought it sounded like each state had a militia. okay? But what I looked it up months ago, what I found was that each state has a bunch of militias, (laughs) for example, I looked up Texas. Texas is chopped up like anything going because Texas has a whole bunch of militias. Those are likely those people you see around heavily loaded with the ammo and they're, they're wearing the um, camouflage suits and they show up to help people and stuff. Those are the unauthorized, unorganized militia. But they, they, they appear pretty organized to me. But go look for yourself, Okay. So Congress has organized the National Guard under its power to raise and support armies and blah, blah, blah. Okay. This Congress chose to do in the interest of organizing reserve militias units, which were not limited. So what they're doing is, um, well, (laughs) well, they're there. And I'm a little fuzzy, except for I think they get called out by the governors, but I think the president can override it. Yeah, it's a weird deal couple more things you want to be paying attention to above here. One, go look for the show I did about, you'll only find it on YouTube, it's called How Food Will Control Us. Um, a couple of militia-type laws in place that you want to know about. We have the Kigali Principles. That was signed as part of the United Nations, and the U- United States is part of the Kigali Principles. What that means is that it allows for U.N. troops to be on the streets here, in case of conflict, of course, or civil unrest. So, Kingali principles, very key coming up here, okay. The other one that's very key is the Insurrection Act of 1807. What does that mean? Well, right before Trump left office, both sides were rushing around to get this executive summary signed, and it got my attention – well, the executive summary was calling for um, this addendum to eighteen o seven it 'll be in play for the fourth it 's in play right now for the fourth time in history, and what that means it calls for confiscation. It can actually grab people and make them work for them so yeah, just think about that when you 're on YouTube thinking about buying gold and silver so anyway, so yeah, um, and also one other thing to watch for. We have FEMA here in this country. Unfortunately, a lot of people are going to find out the hard way that China makes most U.S. medications. So getting supplies of medication, food, water, anything you need will likely come through FEMA trucks, F-E-M-A, FEMA trucks. What does that mean? Well, it's not good news for people who aren't prepared because that's going to be your only source. Um, That will be probably the first point of how they'll corral everybody here in this country. So FEMA, what you want to watch out for? What triggers FEMA? Well, if you ever hear anybody in the news talk about the Stafford Act, S-T-A-F-F-O-R-D, when they trigger the Stafford Act, that means welcome to dystopia. The FEMA trucks will be on the trucks uh, on the streets here. So, anyway, I'm going to close with this, some song from Russia or somewhere. No, <laughs> it's the marching song of the Finnish White Army for your enjoying connection. So. Be safe out there. Goodbye for now.
2: No one no on kärs inturussien valta som kansan vapaa och taso ärressant. Det är det spåret pohjan man orhokallen karjala jämit ja savon miehet rintama han. Neläispajat Pohjanmaan, urhot Kallin Karjalan Jäämit ja Salon miehet rintamahan Sotahannet varssimme, kotikulta jää i